When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back, everybody, to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm not sure what I was going to say there. Um, this is Faraz. I'm here with Zach. We talked waivers yesterday. Hope you guys ended up getting Jerome Ford if he was available. Uh, I know a lot of leagues had Zach Moss available. If he if he was available, hope you got him. At least until Jonathan Taylor comes back, he should be very very serviceable. Maybe a little Matt Breida for the next couple of weeks if Saquon is out. <laughs> Guess what? He's a game time decision for Thursday night. Uh, probably mm. some, there's probably some gamesmanship there. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think um, it is. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, you know, on that game though, Brandon Ayuk, uh, he is um, he's dealing with a shoulder injury right now. Um, it's a pain tolerance thing. Uh, we don't know if he's going to play or not, but if it's a pain tolerance thing, I imagine that he would play. It doesn't seem like this is going to be something that would that would affect his performance. So if he does play, then I'm perfectly fine playing him. Okay, so I'm not too worried about that. If you do have Ayuk and you're counting on him this week, yeah, it's a good matchup too. I mean, they're playing the it is. Giants, who let the Cardinals torture him and the Cowboys torture them now. So. I, I'm not a big fan of the Giants defense right now. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I think anyone can look at this matchup and be like, yeah, it's going to be pretty good. You don't have to worry about Brandon Ayuk. Oh, yeah. Like you mentioned with the pain tolerance thing, I'm cool if he's scoring a touchdown for me. You know, I'll feel bad for him when he's when they have that shot of him after a touchdown grimacing, you know, because he's like, oh, he's in pain. But like he knows he's doing his thing and he's much appreciated when he's doing his thing, even though he's injured. I'm not worried about Brandon Ayuk. For sure, man. Uh, Jamal Williams, he, you know, he's obviously banged up as well. He has the hamstring injury from last night. Um, he's might be out for a while. Okay, so Kendrick Miller, somebody that could be coming off the hamstring injury. He had a couple limited practices last week. He's somebody that you know, if he might still be around on waivers potentially. You know, he's not. He wasn't like a hot waiver ad this week or anything like that. So if he is, you know, you may want to throw him on just in case he does end up playing this week. Um, you know, is he a strong start this week? Where he'll get all the work? It depends, right? Does he get a few full practices in, right? Is he going to, you know, share the load with Tony Jones? That's possible, and that's probably what might happen. Uh, and then you got Alvin Kamara coming back in week four, right? Uh, but I think Kendrick Miller, you know, still, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast this entire summer, I've been a huge fan of Kendrick Miller, obviously. And by the way, by the way, for everyone who doubted me and, you know, was telling me that, like, hey, man, Jamal Williams is a good running back. <laughs> Jamal Williams, he is a... Very, very good running back. Did you guys right. see Jamal Williams in the first two weeks? You know, obviously before he got hurt. No, he was not. He was, in fact, not a good running back. Okay, listen, <laughs> I love Jamal Williams. Like, if like I want, I want to be friends with Jamal Williams. Like, he that dude seems like he's such a good vibe, good time. Yeah, you know what I'm 100%. saying. If there's one NFL player I had to hang out with, it might be him. You know, yeah. obviously, you want to hang out with like the really, really good players, like the Mahomeses <laughs> and the Kelseys of the world. But like, just like to have a good time is probably Jamal Williams. 
right? I'd say Kelsey's Kelsey's up there with vibe. You know, I, I think he's Kelsey seems fun. Seems like yeah, guy. yeah. Both both. I'll Kelsey say one thing about Kelsey. Fun. I'll say one thing about Kelsey. Okay, I, this might be crazy. I'd rather hang out with Jason Kelsey than Travis Kelsey. Okay, that's a hot take. But I, I see. Yeah, it. You I know, mean, I, you can't. You, yeah. you can't not like the Kelsey brothers. Okay, I mean, I, I think right. they might have overdone it a little bit with the whole brother storyline and the Super Bowl bringing their mom <laughs> into it. I thought that was a little overboard, but I, I like the guys. Their right. podcast is good too. So like, I have nothing. The podcast is to say that. The about podcast them. is yeah. great. Yeah. Did, did, uh, um, I saw a clip from their podcast with Jason telling a story about Doug Peterson telling them a joke. It's really funny. You guys should go find it. It's uh it's not uh it's not a g a pg rated joke so you guys should go find that <laughs> find that clip um it's, it's, it's pretty it good out. right yeah 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 um so so yeah um but yeah anyway how do we get on this jamal williams this jamal williams great right. guy not the best running back <laughs> okay no. so can you know somebody that you can was that i was gonna say that was unfortunate timing on the injury at yeah. least for me. I'm just griping a little bit because I lost by four-tenths of a point. He couldn't get injured to play earlier. <laughs> Crazy. Man. I was playing against him. He couldn't have 2.5 points. He got 2.9 left the game. And oh. there were words about that in the Rizzuto household. So <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. By the way, let me, let me ask you a question, Zach. Um, you know, for us, waivers haven't run yet. Um, but I think in the league we're in together. I'm not. I think Jerome Ford is not even available. But someone picked him up like right before yeah. the game yesterday. Yeah. But um, how, like our, Kareem Hunt's obviously coming in for a visit. You know, with, with in Cleveland. On a scale of one to ten, how much are you backing up off of Ford based on that news? Ten being you're completely scared away, and one being you're not scared at all. Two. I, I'm okay. I'm not that worried because. Even if Kareem Hunt comes in, <laughs> we know the Browns like to run two running backs. So, like, I think Jerome Ford looked pretty good last night, if you ask me. He had that one long run. You know, they used him exactly how you'd want him to be used in relief of Nick Chubb. And Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's not the most efficient running back anymore. <laughs> you know, he's not like this great running back coming in. He would be a depth signing. He's familiar with the Browns system. So I, I completely get why they bring him in. But like, I don't think he's going to be the guy getting the majority of the carries. Like, I think Jerome Ford would have that role, even though Kareem Hunt's going to be getting some work. Like, that doesn't make Jerome Ford not a good waiver ad. You know what I mean? Because like the and, volume and, and, that he and gave it's you, still it's still smart to be aggressive. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, aggressive. Yeah. I'm not saying go out and drop thirty of your fab dollars or twenty five of your fab dollars on this guy because you know there is that chance hanging there. But like, don't shoot for like four and think somebody's that everyone's gonna be afraid of kareem hunt coming in like that's not the case this says this is a guy that has a chance to have season long value we know nick chubb isn't coming back so someone has to run the ball and jerome ford well i, I think he's better than kareem hunt at this point even though well, he's only you know, played I, I, a little bit i think a lot of people are going you know there's there's the decision that people have to make and they're dropping 75 percent 80 percent 100 percent of their fab on jerome ford this week so it's a decision to make like, okay, well now that we know that Kareem Hunt's visiting, it didn't sign yet. It's like, all right, well, how much should we have backed off here? Right. For me personally, mm -hmm. I'm not backing off at all. Like no. I'm just going balls to the wall, you know, to, to, to grab him, Right. And obviously right. waivers are I, I don't blame clear you. for a lot of people, but if you need a running back, right. And you lost Chubb, 
You know, you lost Saquon for a few weeks potentially. You lost J.K. Dobbins a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, you you, you drafted Jamie and Pearson. He's killing you. You know, there's a you, you have Josh Jacobs, and I think Josh Jacobs will be fine. But you you know, you really need some confidence at the running back position. I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. So yep. I'm not I'm not too worried. I, I the way you described Kareem Hunt and and why they would sign him and all that kind of stuff, literally exactly the same thoughts I have as well. So I'm also at a two on the scale of one to ten. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried at all. Um, a few few teams have checked in on Cam Akers. Um, probably just a call and see what's going on. I'm not sure if they want to trade for him though. Um, but like, hey, like, how's it going, Sean? You're killing it. You're just your quarterback's doing really good. Um, by the way, what's going on with Cam Akers? No, I don't want him or anything. I just was wondering, like, what the hell's going on? Because it's a weird situation. Right. I don't think anybody. I'm not worried at all. Saquon Barkley's ankle has made considerable progress because over the past two days, I don't know what's going on here, man. Like it's either a high ankle injury or not. Okay. They're talking about like a three weeks for him at first. And then, you know, now it's a low ankle, you know, it's like, all right, what is, what's happening? We have no idea. Right. This is probably still gamesmanship, but you know, we'll see. And we'll see what ends up happening. By the way, I watched that Cleveland game again. Deshaun Watson, dude, he looked like shit. Like I, I, I'm just gonna yeah. say it. Like he did not look good at all. Like Brock Purdy tore this defense up in Week One. Yeah. Okay, Brock Purdy's and, a good quarterback. Okay, I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> he's a good quarterback. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson right now, not. dude, not good at all. He had an extra not day to prepare. Just, just, I, it wasn't a good performance, man. It really wasn't. Uh, I would all, be a little bit worried if I had Deshaun Watson. Just not at all what we heard the whole offseason. You know what I mean? That this is a different quarterback. You know, he's looking good. He has chemistry with Elijah Moore. Amari Cooper and him are getting on the same page. I mean, Amari Cooper had 90 receiving yards. I'll give it to him. But it was abysmal. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. I, I would say I would go far as even saying that last week wasn't that good for Deshaun Watson either. And I forget. I was listening, I think, to um, The Herd with Colin Coward. And they were talking yep. about quarterback performances. And they pulled up this stat. I forget exactly where it was from, but I would totally credit them if I remember where it was from. But they said that Deshaun Watson ranks 32nd out of 32 quarterbacks in on-target pass percentage. Like some 27% of his passes are inaccurate. <laughs> like that's one right. in every four passes just aren't <laughs> making it to the receiver. Like it's really bad right now. <laughs> so I hope Deshaun Watson can improve. But I don't know if he's going to. Like, I think part of it kind of goes back to as well, you know, the fact that his contract was fully guaranteed. I'm not going to speculate here, but like, what does he have to really play for? Does he want to put himself out on the line? Like, not to mention the personal foul penalties that he was getting for face masks last night and moving the ref around. Like, this is one of the craziest things and like whole situations with a quarterback that we've seen in a while. And um, yeah. the bottom line here is, He's just not looking good, and he's hurting the entire offense. Now, Nick Chubb was doing his thing before he went down with the injury. He was working independently of Deshaun Watson, but, man, I'm not a fan of what I'm seeing from Deshaun Watson. Like, he hasn't been putting up numbers either for fantasy, so it's like, you're better off, and I keep going back to this comparison just because it's so surprising to me, putting Baker Mayfield in your lineup each week. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's get into some buys, buy low, buys and sells. Zach, not necessarily buy lows, not necessarily sell highs. 
but just right. guys that you know could be a buy low, could be a sell high. But sometimes you don't want to buy a guy, you know, when he's at his lowest. Sometimes you think that, you know, you're buying him at a decent price and you think it could be a little bit better. He hasn't hit a ceiling, and we'll talk about a few of those guys today. Um, I, I yeah. let's just get the obvious ones out the way, and we obviously talked about this yesterday. Jamar Chase, number one. He's going to be fine, guys. He's going to be himself. He's going to be a top two wide receiver for fantasy, you know, unless Puka Nakua has something to say about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But, you know, Jamar Chase is going to be the guy, man. Okay, so don't worry um, about his his performances. I look at it this way. I'm hoping that he just got them out the way. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm hoping for. He's going to have some blow up game blow up games. You know, same thing with A.J. Brown. You know, don't worry about him. He's going to have his blow-up games. I'm not worried about him at all. I've seen some crazy deals go down for both of these guys, especially A.J. Brown. People forget, you know, what A.J. Brown was. You know, people people are paying, like, you know, mid- to low-end wide receiver two prices for A.J. Brown right now. And um, I'll be trying to acquire him. I'll be trying to acquire Jamar Chase. I'll be I'll be trying to acquire Josh Jacobs as well. You know, all yep. these guys who've, who've been underperforming, who we know are studs, just, 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 you know, shoot some offers out. If you need a running back, and a lot of people do because they lost a bunch of these guys, go try to get Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you had two of the biggest running back names pretty much come out of the field of play. Obviously, Nick Chubb for the entire season, but also Saquon for, I'm assuming, what I think is going to end up being like two or three weeks. I don't know. Like you said, gamesmanship from the Giants. This seems like a Jonathan Gannon situation where they're like just throwing it out there just to confuse people which we don't appreciate in the fantasy community, but it's fine. I'm going into this week assuming Saquon isn't playing. But yeah, you just mentioned that. Like, You need to target these guys. And I was actually going to bring up A.J. Brown you know, as one of my targets. Um, he, he's pretty obvious, but like, you know, 29% target share, 43% area yard share for, through two weeks, 10 points per game to show for it, no touchdowns either. Like The Eagles were extremely run-heavy against the Vikings. They just kept doing what was working, and A.J. Brown was the voice of all his fantasy managers on the sideline. So he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was vouching for himself, trying to get himself some himself some production. So I totally appreciated seeing that. But the Eagles offense, they're going to get back to what they're used to doing, and that's being an explosive offense. They're working through the kinks with a new offensive coordinator. What else is new? That's going to happen. Devontae Smith is balling out over on the other side. So that's kind of like making people a little bit more antsy on a, on AJ Brown. So he's right in that bucket, like you mentioned, with Jamar Chase and them. These big playmakers. You know, he's quietly underperforming. Don't hesitate to pull the trigger here. And I have a question for you because I was sitting here putting together this little thing, um, my, my, prep, my prep for the pod. If you have Puka Nakua, would you trade him straight up for AJ Brown? I would not. You're keeping Nakua. I'm keeping the core. Even with Cooper Cup on the horizon. Even with Cooper Cup coming back. That's that's it. Here's I I I why and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. It's because of the perceived value. Now, if you ask me, like in a vacuum, who would you just you know, who would you rather have? Who do you think is gonna score more fantasy points? I I think I would say AJ Brown. Okay. But as of right now, I think Puka Nakua has so much value. That I'm going to be shooting higher. Okay. A trade that I was thinking about is if I have someone like Devontae Smith, like right now, like I, in, one, in our league, we have Devontae Smith. I have Devontae Smith and I have Puka. I'm shooting for Justin Jefferson right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's yeah. what I'm shooting for. I'm shooting like, for the moon here. You know what I'm saying? Because right. 
if you trade Puka where he's like at this, you know, like he's on the moon right now, Puka, right? In terms of yeah. value, right? Like no one knows, like everyone's like, yo, like would you rather have Puka or, uh, you know, AJ Brown? Would you rather have Puka, Devonta Adams? Would you rather have Puka, Amara St. Brown? Would you rather, you know, they're talking about all these wide receiver ones, right? Yeah. Would right. you rather have Puka or Jamar Chase? Literally, like, so there you go. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm shooting for the moon here. Give me Jamar yeah. Chase. I, I think that's it can happen in a lot of leagues. It can. That's the thing. Like Puka, you're playing with house money moving him in a trade because this is exactly. value you weren't going to have. You weren't expecting to have at this point in the season. So I, I'm 100% with you. Like Puka, you can't go wrong at this point. If you keep him, he's going to be fine. Obviously, he's going to be having a bunch of points because Matthew Stafford's hyper-targeting him. But if you want to move him, you can go get like a haul. Like if if what you're saying, like I was, I'm not too in tune with moving Puka Nakua because I think I have him in one league, and he was sitting on my taxi squad going into the season. So you know, I wasn't thinking a whole lot of him, and I'm I'm just gonna hold on to him for now. But if what you're saying is true, where you can go and get these high wide receiver ones, like you know, there's it's a win win if you have Puka Nakua. You are king of the world right now <laughs> in the trade market. <laughs> hey, um, Zach. Um, is there one upper hand fantasy subscriber who had the rookie draft kit who does not have Puka Nakua on their taxi squad in the, in no. the dynasty league? No, no. like can't be I fun. think we, I think we, or I should say you, talked about Puka more than pretty much every other fantasy media, whatever you want to call it, out there. <laughs> we covered yeah, I don't Puka think, Nakua. You were on him from the senior bowl all the way through. You just kept mentioning his name systematically. So he was in people's heads. So you, you, you done good on that one. That one. I mean, listen, man, <laughs> in no world was I expecting anything close to what's happening right now with Puka Nakua. Yeah. I just thought that like, like, like what, like my, my, my thing with him was just like, Oh, I think he can start in three wide receiver sets for the Rams this year. <laughs> you know, like that's where I was at, <laughs> you know, right. not, not where, not, this situation not right a now. new cooper wow. cup which is pretty much what exactly. he's doing except minus the touchdowns but it's fine My, They'll come. And, the, and guess what the, the positive regression is coming those touchdowns are coming by the way oh yeah for How, yeah okay he he's like on that deontay johnson trajectory but in two games where you know <laughs> he has 35, yep, yep, 35 exactly. targets and no touchdowns to show for it so that's hilarious and, and that actually stuff. leads me to my first quarterback okay now there are a few quarterbacks that are underperforming. So I have three quarterbacks that I'm trying to buy right now. Okay. Number one is Matthew Stafford. Okay. First two weeks, 14.5 points. And this is four point passing touchdown scoring. Okay. 14.5 fantasy points, 16 points, only one touchdown through two games yet has thrown for 334 yards and 307 yards. Okay. He's slinging it right now and he's looking good. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, the Rams played 80, and 81 offensive snaps the last two games. Okay. Um, he was healthy two seasons ago and he threw for 41 touchdowns on his way to the Super Bowl. This is not a Super Bowl team by any means. This defense isn't good. So he's that's good for a fantasy quarterback, right? He's going to continue oh, yeah. to sling it, right? It's going to get competitive. Um, there's going to be some negative game scripts potentially as well, right? Um, <clears throat> the second quarterback, Daniel Jones, you know, look at these rushing numbers. 13 for 43, 9 for 59 in a touchdown. Terrible week one. Um, but unlike Justin Fields, the design rushes are there big time for him. <laughs> he is number one 
among all quarterbacks right now in percentage of design rushing attempts. Okay. And that's according to fantasylife.com. Okay. He's scrambling at the second highest rate, only behind Lamar Jackson. He might have a bad game this week against the 49ers, or, you know, in a short week. Who knows? Uh, but I'm buying regardless. If he does have a bad week, you know, he might be even easier to buy, right? Um, because that would be yeah. two out of the three weeks where he had a bad week, right? Maybe I can just get his ass in the waiver wire once someone drops him after the 49ers game. Um, <laughs> but if you do want to buy him before Thursday night, just remind the Daniel Jones manager like how bad he looked against a good pass rush in week one. Um, you know, you, you might be able to get him a little bit cheaper. Just, right. just really um, sell it in your league chat. Like, man, yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones looked terrible. And remember what he did against the Cowboys. And we went like that that week two performance. That was fluke. Exactly. The Cardinals. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One hundred percent. That's how you got to do it. I got to do it, man. Um, and I'm gonna tell you my last guy, and I, I, I want to ask you which guy you would want to trade for right now. Okay. The, the last one is Anthony Richardson. I'm buying him now while he's in the concussion protocol. 27% yeah. of his team's design rushing attempts in week one. That would be the highest in the league at that number six. Okay, he had to leave early in week two, obviously, with the concussion. Um, and in that game, he only played 30% of snaps, and he already had 18 fantasy points, okay, and four-point pass and touchdown scoring. All right? And yeah. he's, listen, he's passing the ball way better than I thought he would, okay? He really is. Yeah. 89% of Michael Pittman's targets in week one were catchable balls. 89%. From Anthony Richardson. Like, this is not something that we were banking on. And by the way, no. 89% fantasy life utilization report. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, like Pippen's a target magnet right now. That's his guy. Um, and then if JT comes back, that little IG story that he made, like, it seems like he's coming back at some point in week five, maybe. There's a chance Richardson finishes as a top five fantasy quarterback like Justin Fields did last year. It's possible. Yeah. And from the passing that I saw in the last couple of weeks, like he's looked good enough. Yeah, good enough. He's looked way better than, okay, I'm not going to say way better. He's looked way better than Bryce Young. CJ yes. Stroud looked pretty good. So yep. I'm going to give him, he, I think he's been better than CJ Stroud, but it's not by that much. You know, I, I think that he's right there. They're right there next to each other. He's better than Justin Fields throwing the ball right now, which, we didn't really expect to be the case. So I think this is best case scenario with Anthony Richardson. And to answer your question, you know, who would I rather trade for? I think it goes in reverse order the way you presented them. I'd go for Anthony Richardson first, then Daniel Jones, then Matthew Stafford. So Anthony Richardson, you said it. He had 17 or 18 points. I forget what it was, like you just mentioned, in a quarter of football. Like, come on. <laughs> Obviously, he had two rushing touchdowns, but that's what you're kind of going for with Anthony Richardson. If he played the rest of that game, like, it would have been a humongous game. Like, we probably would be talking like oh, yeah. Justin Fields numbers where he had, like, 40 points. Gardner Minshew oh, came yeah. in and played just fine. And if that was Anthony Richardson, I'd say Anthony Richardson plays better than Gardner Minshew. Like, he has a fantastic ceiling. Daniel Jones is, like, probably your safest bet if you don't want to go after those top-tier rushing guys who Justin Fields is in that category. But right now, he's not getting design runs. So, I think he's kind of out of that conversation for right now. Daniel Jones, he's a good running quarterback. So, like, you can get him, I think, cheap, especially, like you said, if you wait till after this week. Matthew Stafford, I'm a little less bullish on. I think he definitely has a chance to, you know, keep producing at the level he's at. I don't know how much of a ceiling he's going to have if they're not going to be scoring touchdowns. Obviously, the offense has looked well, better. Well, that's the point. That's the point. They've you come know, through Kyron Williams. If you're going to yeah. throw, 
if you're going to throw for 300 plus yards, right, then the touchdowns are going to come. Like the regression is going to come for Matthew right. Stafford and if that continues. Because all of these guys are producing, right? Tutu Atwell, right? Puka, right? Um, Tyler Hapey is not even involved yet. Cooper Cup will come Cup's back. going to be back. So when yeah, Cup comes fair. back, Matthew Stafford, he's going to be throwing touchdowns. And he could continue to throw over 300 yards as long as he stays healthy. Um, that's the reason why I just think that those touchdowns are going to be there. Right now it's not, which is kind of like a perfect buy-low opportunity because no one's looking at him like a legit you know, top 10 quarterback play. But once those touchdowns come, you're looking at two or three touchdowns a game and then 300 passing yards. You're like, oh, okay, like this is the Matthew Stafford that we remember from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's a fair call. And like you mentioned, they have that ideal fantasy defense where it's just everything goes past them. They let scores up all the time, and it's just going to be high-scoring games. Like That's fair. I hear you on that one. But like we all, I think we agree that the Russian quarterbacks are worth more. I think Anthony Richardson's probably the best target here. You're probably going to have a hard time prying him away, even in the concussion protocol. But if you can get him, you know, I, I don't think you really can go wrong as long as he stays healthy the rest of the way, which concussions aren't something that's sticky. You can end up seeing a bunch unless you're Tua. But Tua seems to have that figured out now. So we're good. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just realized something. What? Matthew Stafford is available on 65% of waivers right now. And so he should have been on a waiver on post? And he should have been on a waiver wire list. What am I doing? Right, well, there life? you go. Go get what him. What am I doing? There you go. Go pick him up on waivers, guys. Yeah, he's actually free. There's a, it's a discount they're running. Free 99. <laughs> go get Matthew Stafford. You get a free Matthew Stafford, guys. You get a free Matthew Stafford. All right. Anyway, Zach, I want to hear some of the guys that you're selling this week. Are, you, are there guys that you think that you can get a little bit more than what they're worth today? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I've got one sell here for sure. You know, I, I'm not sure how many sells. I'm not looking to sell a whole lot, guys, but this one's kind of screaming at me. And well, you know what's so funny about this week, Zach? I was thinking about the same thing. Like, this week, not a lot of guys overperformed with the opportunity that they had. I, I don't know right. if you've noticed, the same, I noticed that as no, well. No, right? like, I, I was going through it, and I agree. Yeah. Like, normally, right. like, even guys like Brian Robinson, who overperformed last week, suddenly, like, whoa, he got a ma massive workload, yeah. scored two touchdowns. Like, the usual... Cell candidates weren't really there. Everyone kind of did what they were supposed to. It was actually surprising. So that's kind of where I was at. But yeah, yeah, myself for this week and screaming cell. And you might be surprised if you listen to this podcast over the offseason. It's Adam Thielen. Like, oh, but Zach, you're the Adam Thielen guy. Why is he a cell? He just had a 20-point game. Like, did you see the game that I saw last night? Like, did you see how bad the Panthers offense looked? Like, it took a total garbage time touchdown with literally a minute left in the game for him to put up the points that he did. He had, what was it, right. 20 points last night? Like, if he mm -hmm. didn't score that touchdown, we're looking at, like, 10 or 11 points. Thielen was the only bright spot on the night for Carolina. I know you put, for the underdog pickums DJ Chark over two receptions. He, I think he finished with one. Like, he did. this is really bad. Like, sorry, Bryce Young is doing rookie things. And I'm, obviously, we're Giving him that leeway, it's fine. I'm not worrying or panicking about Bryce Young. This is what happens when you have just like, oh, I've heard of this guy or that guy in the offense, and you just put them all together. It's Band of Brothers, and this is the production you get. So right. um, it might seem like I soured fast on him, but Thielen is the best in a bad supporting cast. Do you remember when we made our projections for the year when there was optimism for the Panthers' offense? 
It was supposed to be a non-competitive division. We blinked, and now everybody's 2-0. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> this might not be that non-competitive of a division. And the only thing that's non-competitive in the division is Carolina's offense. So I'm going to try and sell Adam Thielen if I can because you have a selling point with a solid week. The Panthers, it's just not good enough right now for me to just put my eggs in Adam Thielen's basket and be like, okay, I'm going to be okay with him as my flex the rest of the year. Because if DJ Chark gets healthier, if, uh, what's his name, Jonathan Mingo suddenly starts coming on, you know, like we could have serious target trouble, and I don't want to be yeah. have any piece of that. Yeah, and if, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Mingo, he, he got some targets, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. He did. The one um, landed right in the bucket, and he just dropped it. I was watching. It was disgusting. But yeah, and – yeah, and you know what, man? Like he dropped a couple in the preseason too, which was you know a little bit you know a little bit concerning. Um, but uh, I'm looking at it right now, and if I'm not mistaken, he did get his targets too. So I, I'm kind of on board with the call there. Um, yeah, yeah, Mingo got 22% target share. He had a higher target share. Um, well, for the year, he has a higher target share than Adam than Adam Thielen. So you know they were at 27% and then 30% for Thielen. So yeah, so you know I agree with you, man. I think Mingo might be somebody that. I'd rather have on my roster. Probably a higher ceiling yeah. than Adam Thielen moving forward. I like that call, man. Look, this, see, this is called non-take lock, right? Adam, like, literally, Zach has been talking about Adam Thielen this entire offseason. Not talking <laughs> him up, but, like, just talking him up in terms of him being uh, a really, really solid value, you know, in that, like, 10th, 11th, 12th round range, right? Which Which made a lot of sense. And, you know, the fact that Mingo hasn't really come on yet. The fact that DJ Shark hasn't really come on yet, it would make sense for Thielen to like really come on. And yes, he had a decent game, but like you said, a lot of garbage time. The touchdown came super, super late in the game. Um, and, and it all counts, right? It's, it all counts, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's like you don't want to really depend on that, right? So yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think you could potentially package up Thielen and another player, do like a little two for one and move up, right? And, and get yeah. move Thielen off your bench and now you have an extra bench spot to pick up somebody off of waivers. Right. Adding, like, um, going after somebody. So I have just a little idea yeah. here. Like you can go Adam Thielen and somebody else and maybe go get like a Jerry Judy who was really quiet right. this week. And, yep. you know, obviously not ideal what we saw. Why is Russell Wilson throwing the Brandon Johnson? I don't know. But I think Jerry Judy is going to reestablish himself. I don't think it was 100 percent either coming into this game and play. So that's the type of move you can try and make. I think Judy has way more upside than Thielen. Let's talk about the Bengals offense. Um, you know, I, we obviously talked about Jamar Chase, though. But are there other parts of this Bengals offense obviously underperformed ridiculously over the first two weeks? Are there other parts of this Bengals offense that you're looking to uh, buy right now? Yeah, I, I was looking at Joe Burrow. You know, obviously, like, Jamar Chase is the obvious buy. Joe Mixon's kind of been doing his thing. You know, he hasn't been leaving you out to dry where the points are there, but they're not huge amounts of points but he's not leaving out to dry so that's fine but joe burrow like this is a guy we were talking about as a top five top six top seven quarterback and he hasn't played like it at all and people are probably souring on it especially with this calf injury that's going to pull his value way down if you have a guy like you're not gonna be able to move deshaun watson if deshaun watson was playing a little bit better it might be easier to do but if you have one of those mid-tier quarterbacks, I, I I would usually say Tua, but Tua's playing very well, and I like Tua this season. Let's say you have a Dak Prescott. I think you could move him and some other player, 
and I'm not going to say like Adam Thielen, like I just mentioned, but you could get Joe Burrow in a deal for Dak Prescott and be in really good shape. Joe Burrow is going to be asked to do way more in the Bengals offense than Dak Prescott is this season. You just look at the games and look at the stats. Dak Prescott is one of the lowest A dots. He's getting the ball out fast and quick. The receivers are the ones doing the production for him. He just has to be efficient, Dak Prescott does. So his ceiling, I think, is going to be limited this season, even though he's going to have a good offense around him. Tony Pollard will be fine. C.D. Lamb will be fine. But Joe Burrow, he hasn't even come close to what we know he can do. And he's going to have very high value. If you want to talk about just a one-for-one upgrade, you're not going to do Dak Prescott for Joe Burrow one-for-one. But if you just compare the value in the quarterback that you're getting in Joe Burrow compared to Dak Prescott, that ceiling is way higher. And the floor, I'd argue, is way higher. So I would be going after Joe Burrow right now if you have any of those guys outside the top tier, but you have a guy that's doing pretty all right. Like, I don't want to lump Jared Goff in there because he's been pretty good in his own right, but you could move those mid-tier guys and be just fine and come away with a pretty good value in in Joe Burrow. Yeah, and you know, those mid-tier guys, you you trade them away, you pick up another one off of waivers like a Matt Stafford maybe. You know, yeah. you, you you trade him for Joe Burrow. You you pick up Matt Stafford and you start Matt Stafford while Joe Burrow is still dealing with the calf injury. And then once Joe Burrow is not dealing with it anymore and he's back to himself, then you go ahead and start Joe Burrow again, right? So I mm-hmm. do like that. And I think, you know, I think Joe Mixon also, like, you know, I, I don't love buying Joe Mixon, but at the end of the day, man, a lot of people need RB2s. And I think he's a pretty good rb2 to buy because he's been underperforming also obviously with this entire offense uh he's been catching passes as well um so i I think he's getting pretty good utilization i would say um you know over the first two weeks you know there have been some injuries obviously you know they don't have their whole whole running back room you know active right now um but we'll see we'll we'll see what happens i i do think that this offense is overall going to take a step forward joe burrow jamar chase T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, they're all going to be just fine. Yeah, okay. the, th- the thing about Joe Mixon, too, is he hasn't been blowing up the box score, but he hasn't been, like, terrible either. He's been dependable. Like, he's giving yeah. you 10 or... He's, he's, I'm just going to say... Of routes. I would say yeah, I would say 10 or 13 points just, you know, off the top of my head, but that's actually what he has in two weeks, a 10-point game and a 13-point game in PPR. So, like, that's like Najee Harris-type numbers last season where it's like you weren't, like really upset because he was leaving you out to dry, but you knew there's more coming. And I think there is more coming for Joe Mixon this season. Totally agree on Mixon, man. I want to move into one of my buys. And we've talked about this on the on the pod for a little bit now. And, and that's uh, buying Christian Watson right now. Uh, he got yeah. a couple limited practices in last week. He might hopefully get a full practice this week. Well, me. So I don't really want Christian Watson to fully practice this week. I don't want him to play so that you don't get him against me. However, <laughs> I think just overall in leagues that I want to acquire Christian Watson, I hope that he does get the full practices in because I want to buy. What were the concerns around Christian Watson this year? Oh, he scored too many touchdowns. You know, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is leaving. Well, now you guys want to pick up Jordan Love off the waiver wire. Right. So if you want to pick up Jordan Love off the waiver wire, you think he's pretty good. Right, Jane Reed catching touchdowns, Romeo Dubs catching touchdowns, and what does Christian Watson do best? Catch touchdowns. Okay, right now the target shares have been different. You know, week one and week two. Right, week one, 
Romeo Dubs, 19% target share. Jane Reed, 19% target share. Week two, it was Jane Reed, 26% target share. Romeo Dubs, 13% target share. Jane Reed isn't playing a full-time role. He's like pretty exclusive to the slot right now. His, you know, his route participation, 67% for the season. Each of the first two weeks, 67%. Uh, Romeo Dubs is more of a full-time player. Christian Watson is going to be a full-time player. Right, he's going to be yeah. on the field for almost every every pass play, you know, along with Romeo Dubs. So, this is a situation where Christian Watson already proved that he could earn a high target share. He already proved that he's a big play guy. He has already proved that he could be at number one last year with Aaron Rodgers, and I think he profiles the best as the number one wide receiver on this team because yeah, in week one it was one guy, week two it was a different guy. Right, so I think Christian Watson can walk right in here and start producing because we have a lot less doubts about his quarterback. So before he starts going off the way he did at the end of last year, I'm trying to scoop him up on the cheap. Yeah, and this this isn't necessarily like you can say scoop him up on the cheap. It's because this is as cheap as he's probably going to be. You know, like this is one of those scenarios, like you said, it's not necessarily a sell low. I think there are going to be people attached to Christian Watson and be like, well, he's got the the upside is there. You know, we saw what he did last season, scored a lot of touchdowns, and now Jordan Love is leading the league in touchdown passes. So, like, I mean, obviously he's tied with, like, Kirk Cousins, those guys. But, you know, obviously tops in the league. I think there's going to be some attachment there. It's not going to be a buy low, but definitely worth a buy because his his value is just going to skyrocket as soon as he sees the field. And I love that you're rooting against him just this week, so I'm screwed. I appreciate that a lot for us. Thank you. But – with, with, with Christian Watson, what is there to worry about? Like, he hit these benchmarks that are just ridiculous last year in terms of yards per route run. You know, like you mentioned, the target share. There's nothing not to really like. And you mentioned that there hasn't really been, like, some sticky receiver that Jordan Love has been throwing to or keying in on. That's because he's the guy that he's going to be keying in on, like you mentioned, isn't on the field yet. And when he comes on the field, he's going to be the wide receiver one. Like, Romeo Dobbs, we've had this discussion so many times. The talent is doesn't blow you away. But he's on the field, and sometimes he does well. You know, he's not a bad receiver, but he's not anywhere near Christian Watson's level. And Jaden Reed, you you were a fan of Jaden Reed, and you called it again. This is another. You seem to be on point with your rookies. You had Puka Nakua, you had Jaden Reed, but he can be a solid contributor from the slot. It's going to be a clear one, two, three, and Christian Watson is going to lead it. Romeo Dubs could be third in the receiving pecking order by the end of the season. So I, I think we got this one pretty much nailed down. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I really wouldn't. Um, now, I want to stay in the division here, okay? This is uh, kind of like a throw-in that you can get right now that might actually turn out to be much better than a throw-in, and that's Khalil Herbert, okay? Yeah. Uh, he, you know, again, like we talked about this a lot last year in these episodes where he's not the main meal, but he's the side piece, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I remember right that. Now, <laughs> right now, all eyes are on Roshan Johnson. Right. Roshan Johnson, you know, he's the guy that, you know, he, he's the guy that, you know, everyone wants to hang out with. You know, he's the guy that they, they want to go to his house party. You know, he's the guy that, you know, is going to take everyone to the promised land. But don't forget how good Khalil Herbert is. And like, listen, you're talking to somebody who loves Roshan Johnson, has been talking to, talking to him up a lot this offseason. But I'm also a big fan of Khalil Herbert. OK. And according to Fantasy Life's utilization report for week three. OK, that pointed out. That Roshan Johnson, you know, obviously Deontay Foreman 
you know, he was a healthy scratch in week three. And, and this is what we were talking about all offseason, where we thought that this was going to be a one-two punch eventually between Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. That's exactly what it is right now. But Khalil Herbert, his snaps jumped from 36% in week one to 59% in week two. His attempts went up a little bit. Okay, his route participation went up from 27% to 47%, and his target share went up a little bit as a result. Okay, not only that, but the goal line snaps, the short yardage snaps, that went to Khalil Herbert. Okay, so this is a situation where Khalil Herbert, obviously, you know, he had some big plays in this game as well. It wasn't just Roshan Johnson. He had that big run also, right? So it's not just about Roshan in this backfield. And I don't think this is a situation where Roshan is going to completely take over. And everybody who has Khalil Herbert right now is afraid of Roshan Johnson. So if they can get out while they can, you know, that's what they think, where before (laughs) Roshan Johnson takes over the backfield, you can kind of scoop him up as, you know, a throw-in in a deal. Whereas I wouldn't say, hey, I'm interested in Khalil Herbert. No. I would say like, hey, uh, I'm interested in A.J. Brown, uh, you know, for whoever – and you know Looking what? Why don't you throw in Khalil Herbert too? <laughs> Why'd you throw in Khalil Herbert too? And that would be the icing on the cake for me. That's yeah. how I would play it. Yeah. And we go back to that world famous side piece discussion when we talk about trades. It's just like the best thing to be birthed <laughs> out of this podcast. It's hilarious. But anyway, Khalil Herbert, 100%. Yeah. You talked about him as potentially this year's Tony Pollard. Could it happen still? I'm not ruling it out. You talk about the efficiency that he had on the ground. Obviously, the Bears' offense is a little bit of a mess right now. It can get better, though. Yeah, that, I think that's. I think exactly. that starts it can with get better. That starts with correcting Justin Fields, which hopefully they do. It's been only two weeks, but what we've seen not encouraging. But there's plenty of time for them to get this thing back on track, and that's only going to help Khalil Herbert. That's only going to help Rashawn Johnson too. Like if Justin Fields isn't going to be throwing the ball, if he's double, triple clutching every play, they're going to be like, all right. We're just going to have to run the ball here a little bit. It might turn into like a Jets type of game plan where they have to do it. I might be overreacting Justin Fields a little bit. But the point is the run game is going to be there. Khalil Herbert is still Khalil Herbert. We were talking up his efficiency metrics all last season and now and through the offseason. Now he could have more opportunity. I get it. Like you mentioned, it is a little scary if you have Khalil Herbert and you watch Rashawn Johnson just dust Deontay Foreman somebody who you thought might have had a, a chance to contribute this season. Sure, that's one thing, but we called that out here. We said that the contract wasn't really there. We weren't expecting him to have a whole lot of run in this backfield, and that's what's happening here. But he's not going to overtake Khalil Herbert because Herbert is – he's been here a while, he's familiar, and he's a good running back overall. Rashawn Johnson can take some of the passing down snaps if he wants to, but like you mentioned, Khalil Herbert got some more work there too. So – he has a chance to have at least a solid workload to work with, and he'll he'll be fine. So I, I'm with you. Definitely not somebody you target one for one, but as an add-in, like you said, that's a lot of icing, not just a little bit. It's a lot. All right, man. So let's let's talk about about the Jets real quick. Obviously, you know your your Cowboys. I thought we had a chance in this game against the Cowboys, but it didn't really you work did. out so well. And one of the reasons why, according to Brees Hall, is that Brees Hall didn't get enough touches. So do you think yeah. that it's it's going to get better for Brees Hall? Do you think it's going to continue to be a timeshare? You know, and Dalvin Cook still continuing to, to eat touches. You know, Michael Carter was involved this week. It, it was just a mess. Um, how are you feeling about that situation? Though? He's, is he somebody that we should be looking to acquire? Yes, 100%. 
and it has to get better. I mean, the game plan for the Jets going against the Cowboys was horrific. I thought for sure we were going to see more runs, not just from Brees Hall, but from Dalvin Cook and even Michael Carter, like you mentioned. Like They didn't run the ball nearly enough. Obviously, it was tough sledding for them all day, but is like you can't go away from Brees Hall, especially after what you saw from him in week one. Is he going to be easy to buy? No, probably not. But that's what happens when you average 12.7 yards per carry your first game back from an ACL tear. And he looks a lot better than Delvin Cook right now in the Jets' backfield. I mean, Hall's averaging 9.7 yards per carry on the season. That's the highest among running backs with 10 carries this season. Cook has the fifth lowest yards per carry at 2.4. So his price isn't going to be any lower than it is right now. It's pretty low after that stinker of a performance that he put up against the Cowboys. Like, the Jets should have learned a lesson against Dallas. And I think they're going to. They did. And they're going to run the ball more than in the future than they did against the Cowboys. Four carries should not happen ever again. The good news is you can leverage that turd of a performance that he put up in, negotiation, in negotiations for a trade. Like, the talent that he has is among the best in the league. And you'll be betting on his workload increasing. It's a little bit of a bet. You know, a little bit of a gamble. But sometimes you got to take the risk to take your team to the next level. That's the type of trade you would be making for Brees Hall because his efficiency was just ridiculous. Obviously, he's going to have trouble. Like, did we really expect the Jets to just flow seamlessly from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, you know, in a tough matchup? Like, obviously, Zach Wilson played last week, but they had a run game going. When the run game wasn't going, they just went away from it completely. They didn't have any faith in it. That's going to change moving forward. And Brees Hall is the better back, and he's going only going to be getting closer to 100% as the season goes on. Remember, Brees Hall was on his way to be the overall RB1 last year, and that was with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Okay, this is the same yep. defense, probably potentially better. They haven't been as good, but they will play pretty pretty well. Okay, Dallas was a tough matchup on defense too, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Now, there's another running back that I'm looking to buy, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. You know, real quick, you know, he hasn't – he's gotten more work for the amount of fantasy points that he scored. Basically, you know, when it comes down to it, 14.9 PPR fantasy points, 15 PPR fantasy points, nice and consistent. You're happy with it. Um, but, you know, you're kind of hoping for more. And I think that he can give you more. Zeke isn't really playing the role that we thought he was going to play. You know, short yardage, that sort of thing has been actually going to Ramondre Stevenson, you know. So, you know, when there are those goal line situations, Ramondre has a pretty good chance of getting those, the majority of those. Okay. So the the all those concerns that you had with Zeke coming in, you shouldn't have them anymore, okay? So, you know, I, I still think because of the, you know, average outputs for somebody like this, um, which, you know, you're happy with, but it's not something like he's not scoring 20 yet. So when that happens, that's when you're going to be like, all right, like now I can't, I, I can't buy Ramondre anymore. But as of right now, you can. I know a lot of people are hurting at running back. Who are the targets? I think Ramondre Stevenson is that. He's getting the target share. Uh, he's getting the, the he's, he's getting the big, portion the lion's share of the rushing attempts as well goal line he's running a, a majority um a route he's running a ton of routes um you know on mac jones dropbacks this is a real offense again we keep talking about that on the patriots as well so it's going to get better for Ramondre. so i do like him a lot you know moving forward yeah okay. i agree and the primary concern people were like oh ezekiel elliott's coming in and he just ruined tony pollard because he took all those short down distance you know goal line snaps and that hasn't been the case. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson had all of the goal line carries last week. You know, they didn't have a whole lot to speak of in week one uh, against the um, 
Eagles because they're throwing it deep with Mac Jones, who looks a lot better this season, by the way. That's going to help the Patriots offense be better. And Ramondre Stevenson is going to benefit from that. Ezekiel Elliott is like a non-factor at this point because Ramondre Stevenson is still getting 70, over 70% of snaps. So I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson at all. I do agree that the production just isn't like where you want it to be. Like I personally wanted it to be higher. Everyone does. And I think it's going to get there because there's nobody else in this backfield at this point. Ramondre Stevenson is clearly the best guy and they're just going to keep giving it to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, 74% of snaps, 72% of snaps for Ramondre, um, you know, running around on 58% of dropbacks. Pretty good. Pretty good. And, yeah. he, you know, short down and distance, dude, he's getting everything inside the five, you know, he's getting, you know, in his last game, he got all of it. So really not worried at all about Ramondre moving right. forward. And in fact, he's underperforming right now. So definitely looking to acquire him. Um, now, I know a lot of people have been asking about Garrett Wilson and Drake London. I'm still selling Garrett Wilson for the reason that we talked about with Zach Wilson. You know, he, he ended up scoring that long touchdown and it gives you yet another opportunity to sell him uh, because he had two decent weeks, you know, on the game log, just not a high reception count, which is what you look for. High target count is what you look for, right? So, you, you still have a chance of selling Garrett Wilson. I think Drake London, you know, might have a shot at outscoring Garrett Wilson this year, to be yeah. honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, if absolutely. you ask me, like, who would I rather have? I think I'd rather have Drake London than Garrett Wilson right now. Um, and that's crazy. And I think that might be on my post tomorrow. But Drake London, I think, is somebody that I'm still looking to sell, though, because he did have the good week. But it's going to be up and down, man. It's going to be up and down. In games where they can dominate on the ground, they will. And they're unapologetic yeah. about it. And, you know, you're going to have those bad games from 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 Drake London. And I just don't want that. <laughs> you know, I right. don't want this, like, roller coaster. Like, I'm all about embracing volatility with wide receivers. But this isn't even volatility. This is just a roller coaster ride. And I'm not really <laughs> down for that. So a lot of people were high on Drake London coming into the year. A lot of people are high on the 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 talent, you know, which I am as well. But if someone's really high on the talent, they believe that you know he's the dude, then trade Drake London to him. You might not get full value for what you drafted him at, but at least get something back. Same thing for Garrett. Yeah, yeah you, you have to salvage it at this point with Garrett Wilson. I 100% agree. Like if the window, like we were talking about the window being like half an inch from being closed, the sell window. And now, like, some speck of dust, we'll call it, is holding that window open just a tiny little bit more. So you have that last opportunity to sell Garrett Wilson with that touchdown. He had, what, was it two catches on the day? Like, you're just not going to be able to – you're not yeah. going to be able to get the volume in this offense. Like, there's not going to be – I don't think there's going to be a game unless there's some drastic change of quarterback, which people have thrown around Kirk Cousins' name. That one's a little bit of a pipe dream, if you ask me. Like, unless there's a huge change of quarterback, if Zach Wilson plays more games, he's not going to see eight targets in a game. He's not going to, he's not even going to have a chance because they're just not going to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands anymore. So, yeah, Garrett Wilson definitely sell him. I, I like Drake London a little bit better, obviously. I, I think his ceiling on a weekly basis is higher, but like you mentioned, the volatility just not going to be ideal in your lineup. You're pretty much guessing and taking, you're, you're inherently taking an L every couple weeks or, sometimes two weeks in a row with Drake London if they just decide they're going to run the ball all day. So, yeah, both of these guys. Have and, and how many how, how many times are you going to bench Drake London because, like, he did bad, like, in a particular week, you bench him, and then he's just going to go off 
It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be Those so are the worst annoying. Players. Those are the worst players to have. So, yeah. It's going to um, be annoying, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, we talked about a couple of cheap running backs that we could buy. We talked about a couple of these, you know, wide receivers that we could sell. Do you have any wide receivers that we could potentially buy on the cheap? Yeah. And his name is Brandon Cooks. He missed week two last week with an MCL injury, but he should be good to go for week three. You know, what you have working for you as a potential buyer here, it's a few things. One, like I just mentioned, he already missed a game with injury. Two, in the one game he did play, he put up four points. Three, that was in a monsoon in New York in week one. Dak threw for 143 yards. It's going to be hard to have a good day on in fantasy when your quarterback throws for 143 yards. We know that wasn't a product of the Cowboys offense. It was just the defense was playing very well that night, and it was raining a ton. So it got the best of them in that week. He's got essentially zero on his resume. And you need to take advantage of that. Brandon Cooks does. They just chugged right through your Jets passing defense. It was very efficient. Dak completed yeah. 81% of his passes. In that game, he wasn't spreading the ball around. CeeDee Lamb had a 35% target share. No other Cowboys receiver had higher than 11%. What does that tell you? He's not going to throw to the other guys if there's better talent available. They schemed up CeeDee Lamb, and they're going to do the same thing for Brandon Cooks. Cooks is a better receiver than any other Cowboys receiver right now, and he's going to be a big part of the passing game whenever he joins it. Not to mention that he comes back. He's got a fantastic two-game stretch ahead of him. They're playing Arizona next week in Arizona, and then they come home and they play against Patriots. So I'm liking it. Uh, Brandon Cooks, there might be people hanging on to him. There might be Cowboys fans like me out there saying, hold on to Brandon Cooks. He'll be good, and they won't move him. But there's probably a good chance whoever drafted Brandon Cooks to be like their wide receiver three or flex, He's probably frustrated right now. And you could probably get Brandon Cooks at a really good price, and he has a chance to play very well because, like I mentioned, Cowboys passing offense, very efficient. You could put pretty much any good wide receiver in there, and they'll perform. I'm trying to see how much Brandon Cooks – has he been dropped this week? I bet you he's been dropping a lot of leagues, man. Yep, he has. Only 70% rostered right now, so there are leagues where they have – uh, drop Brandy Cooks. Okay, so just t- take a look at that first on waivers tomorrow you know, or today, I guess, when you're listening to this to see if anyone dropped Brandy Cooks for somebody else. Okay, someone right. picked up Jerome Ford, dropped Brandy Cooks. I can totally see it. Okay. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks for listening. By the way, um, if you want our rankings for this week, it'll be up at upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check it out there. If you want any of uh, the access to ask questions, that sort of thing, upperhandfantasy.com is where you can find all of it. If you don't follow us over on Instagram, we're at upperhandfantasy over there. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. We'll be back tomorrow with some matchup talk, and we'll see you then. See you later. Later.